Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to The Legendarium on iTunes. Uh, check us out at thelegendarium.podbean.com and also write us at thelegendariumpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to The Legendarium. In honor of Star Wars Day, The Legendarium is proud to present a Star Wars Day special with your hosts Ryan and Craig and special guest Todd Wente. Finally, we're back. Ryan, welcome back. I'm back. <laughs> hey, hey, stop singing so I can wish you a happy 4th of May. Thank you. And may the 4th be with you. And may the 4th be with you. Oh, gosh, that does not roll off the tongue like you'd think it would. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited, Ryan, because uh, for the last three months-ish, four months, we've been doing Lord of the Rings, which has been lovely. Absolutely lovely. But... Uh, we're going to step into the Star Wars realm now uh, in honor of Star Wars Day, which is, as far as we're concerned, tomorrow. If you're listening to this, then as far as you're concerned, it's whenever it was. May the 4th. (laughs) You just blew my mind. (laughs) Uh, But, so, not only is this uncharted territory because of the subject matter, but also because, uh, A, I'm holding a lightsaber, and B, with, uh, on the wrong end, I might add. Yeah, your, your uh, left hand is gone. And B, we actually have an in-studio guest, Todd. Hey. Welcome. Thank you. Woo. May the fourth be with both of you. Thank you very Thanks. much. I appreciate that. The fourth is strong with this one. No, that doesn't work as well, <laughs> no, does it? it does, I, I feel like a fool when I say Luke, May the fourth the be fourth. with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so now today, like I said, we're stepping into a little bit uncharted territory. We are not doing like we've done with uh lord of the rings we're not book clubbing anything we're not uh reviewing anything hallelujah uh, because how many books are there in the star wars saga that oh we would gosh. have to review what 15 in a minute that's the thing is we could make a, a whole star wars uh, separate podcast just to review the books but the thing is though that i would get done with the timothy's on ones and i'd be like all right we're done like that's <laughs> it which that's i'm looking forward to going through those oh man yeah they're not the, the Michael Stackpole? No, listen, it's not that nobody else did worthy Star Wars books. It's just that we could have quit after Timothy's on. They this were is that true. good. This is true. They were really, really good. Um, anyway, so not only is it Star Wars Day-ish, tomorrow-esque, uh, but also this week has been a big, big week in Star Wars Oh, land. we have a cast. We have Nerd a cast. alert in the extremes. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I'm Yay! I'm super excited. Now, I let's back up a little bit before we talk about the cast. Um I, you know, everybody remembers where they were when Kennedy was shot. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, in heaven. <laughs> um everybody remembers where they were when uh, 9/11 happened. Like, you know, I heard about it on the radio on my way to school. Everybody knows this. I remember where i was when i heard that disney had bought lucasfilm oh yes this was it was earth shattering it was so big and and i hope that this doesn't come off as a jerk thing but i could not have been more excited and this is coming from a guy I, you know i'm not a huge disney guy like ryan is i'm yes. you're you are you are <laughs> disney incarnate <laughs> but so no, you he's know, frozen. I, he's not incarnate. He's frozen. <laughs> Gosh, Mickey. D- Disney incarbonate. <laughs> uh, oh. Uh, so, but but 
the thing about it is that Disney over the last 10, 15 years has so impressed me with their ability to build a franchise and deliver good PG-13 movies. You know, this is true. Getting getting outside of the you know the traditional Disney animation and stuff, and so delivering things like Pirates of the Caribbean, the one movie, because there weren't any others that were made, Um, (laughs) and you know like Marvel movies, the the they're really good films that are being made, and so the idea of of finally releasing Star Wars from the clutches, the carbonite clutches of George Lucas, and delivering them to somebody who might actually might make something worthy out of them. I, I was I, I was uh, gobsmacked. Yeah, you know when you say that, for for me it it actually backs up just a little bit more to to add some context into that. Uh, as a Marvel fan, when Disney purchased Marvel, my my first concerns were, oh my goodness, how are they going to allow Marvel to continue to be its its entity, where it's mm-hmm. kind of edgy, uh, it drives some really interesting storylines, because Disney typically does not. Disney tries to be very non-offensive. I'm not going to say inoffensive. I'm going to say non-offensive. Uh, they don't necessarily succeed at it, and people can always choose to be offended about stuff, but but they work very hard at being non-offensive. Marvel works very hard at blowing everybody off and saying, you like it, you don't, I don't care. We're going forward with our stuff. So when, when Marvel and Disney merged, um, I, I became nervous. Um, fast forward the clock by about seven years, and they announced that they're purchasing Star Wars, they're acquiring Star Wars, and I said... Um, I, I think we're going to be in a good place. I think we've got a good shot at being able to take this franchise and reinvigorate it as if it needed reinvigorating. Um, oh, it does. Well, there's... It's, no, okay. So here's the thing. The the Star Wars culture yes. hardly needs any help. But but the uh, the canon, the New Star material. Wars films, the, yeah, exactly, new the material, material. It, it needed some, uh, it, it needed a bit of a... It needed new material in the world of live action film. Yeah, because there's because I'm tired of seeing Hayden Christensen in computer animation. And most of us are most of us that have most of us that grew up with. And and one of the things that's interesting about about our our joining here today is that we span a lot of different time frames with our original experiences with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking earlier about you know I I had the opportunity because I'm old enough and there's enough gray in my beard that I there's, almost there's look there's like no George need to Lucas, throw right? Enough in there. The, oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Um, I actually had somebody look at me the other day and say, do you know you look like George Lucas? Are you trying to do that for May the 4th? And I said, shh, thank you. Um, <laughs> you <laughs> um, you I, I, <laughs> um I saw the original films in a theater. Um, as a child. As, a, as, as a, they were meant to be seen. As a child, watching it in a, in a cinema that we thought was really big because it had four movie theaters, <laughs> uh, four movie rooms where you yeah. could watch, and, and they ran it 24 hours a day in all four movie rooms with lines stretched around the building. I remember those days. Um, you gentlemen did not have that experience. No, I was, I mean, Ryan, I'm sure the same was for you, but, well, you're the oldest in your family. I had mm-hmm. two older brothers. I was breastfed on Star Wars. Like, that's that was my nourishment from... The time of my my grand exit, you know, it's uh, I I literally and I, I this is not hyperbole. I literally cannot remember a time of my life where I could not tell you which docking bay they meet Han Solo in. Docking bay ninety four. There, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I would whip stuff out like that in the third grade, and people are like, "What is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "No, no." Yeah, I did the that in the third is, grade, and right people with me. wondered too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my I remember for me I didn't you're right, I didn't have an older brother and neither of my parents are overly 
Star Wars fanatics. They yeah. they went and saw the films and things like that, but um, neither one of them was major into Star Wars. I came across Star Wars the first time actually on a VHS at my grandmother's house. Um, there was a VHS where she had my grandmother. I'm throwing her under the bus here a little bit. Uh, she was a pirate. She would rent things from the video store and then <laughs> copy them over under another VHS. Um, and she had one that had a couple of different movies on it. One of the first one was uh, The Last Starfighter. Oh gosh, one of the worst films ever made by I, people. And I loved it. I loved <laughs> The Last Starfighter. I have it on Blu-ray because oh of, man, I loved that one so much. And then there was one that followed after it called Return of the Jedi. And so I watched through The Last Starfighter, and then I just let it run and started watching the next one, Return of the Jedi, and I loved it, and I loved it as a kid. And so then I'm, I was like, you know, what is this movie, Return of the Jedi? And then, and then I'm introduced to this entirely different world of, oh, well, here's the first one, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. Why is he through, making out with his sister? I don't understand. I, I, don't, I don't get this. <laughs> but I went through and started watching those and just came to love it, and then... The next thing that got me really into it was that I got involved with uh, some some of the video game series that they had, the early Star Wars video games. Yeah, on the um, SNES. The SNES, the computer. I I cannot tell you probably how many hours of my childhood was spent uh, playing uh, Rebel Assault or oh, X-Wing yes. versus TIE Fighter. Yes. Those games. There's... I would still play those today if I could. And how many hours of my children's childhood were spent playing those games? That's what's so interesting. And I think that's part of the phenomena of, of Star Wars that I've always appreciated is that that families, generations of families now, two generations of many families, in some cases three, um, can, can still enjoy this. And have this as a common relation point in their family experience. Well, and maybe, you know, Ryan and I, we ask the question all the time, you know, especially with Lord of the Rings, because that's what we've been doing for months now. But what is it that makes this so popular? What is it that makes it so uh, fervently adored by so many? And maybe that's part of it. It's not, uh, you know, like I said, you you saw it as it was meant to be seen as a child in the Mm -hmm. theater. But it's not just for children. I mean, here we are, three grown men... Sitting in front of microphones talking about Star Wars. like Two of us wearing Star Wars t-shirts yeah. and one of us having a lightsaber by his side. Exactly. So, you know, it's not just for All kids. It's for kids. Movies. It's for teenagers. <laughs> it's for young adults. It's for, you know, those weathered, aged, bearded men on my right. It's uh, <laughs> The same thing can be said about, about Star Wars, about The Lord of the Rings, about Harry Potter. You know, the, these things that uh, that I think will stand the test of time, and part of the reason is because your interest doesn't fizzle out as you leave childhood. Mm-hmm. It, if anything, it intensifies and makes you want to pass it down to the next generation. And I think that... Um, and see. The, <laughs> um, the, the franchise, the Star Wars franchise concept um, that George Lucas started with, the idea that he was not going to pay his actors necessarily what they were worth because he couldn't, because there was no real money for it. All the budget was spent in the production of the special effects uh, because of George Lucas's vision. Uh, I was going to come up with a word fetish, but that's okay. <laughs> Can we edit that out? Um, because of his because of his his connection to this idea of the visual storytelling element, which maybe we can talk about later. Um, but but his concept that they were going to be paid royalties based on toy sales, based mm-hmm. on. Uh, based on re-releases, based on all of the extra money that was going to come, not as a result of their initial payment, but as a result of all of the other things that were going to come. Merchandising, later. yeah, and and that then which which branches into not just the toys, 
uh, and the mugs and the t-shirts and the paraphernalia, but then into books, um, the video games, all of those pieces. Um, George Lucas really founded something, one of the first real, true intellectual franchises that was not based around a particular product. Uh, we're, we're all familiar with McDonald's and Burger King and some of these other product-based franchises. George Lucas's was really one of the first true intellectual franchises that has wound up being something that that nations around the world, including those that sometimes we don't always see eye to eye with, all enjoy. Star it's Wars. like it's like math used to be the universal language. Screw math. <laughs> Bring on the Star Wars. We all speak Wookiee. You know what I mean. <laughs> Um, a couple of beeps and whistles, and you can communicate with anybody in uh, in Astromech. So, uh, yeah, Ryan, anything else to say before we uh, get on to anything else? No, it's pretty. That we want to. You guys have pretty well covered it in the sense that this is something that transcends both young and old alike, Space and and, time. and continues. It'll continue on for quite a while because of that, you know. And and for me, there's the part of the beauty of the Star Wars series is it's a very simple story. It's a it's a good versus evil with a kind of a mystic some, uh, mm-hmm. wrapping, and that's something that every generation and young, every, and old, every culture and every culture yeah. gets yeah. gets and understands, and that's why it why it can resonate in you know in in Mother Russia or wherever yeah. else. So and now I want to I want to bring up an idea, and uh, the one of the reasons that something like this, or even you know you could throw Lord of the Rings in there as well, but let's just talk about Star Wars. The reason that it works so well is because it's it works not just for one specific group of people with one specific experience. So, you know, Tolkien, for instance, was a Catholic, but his work, you know, it's for more than just Catholics, right? Even atheists can enjoy Star Wars because the Force isn't God. It's that thing that we've all kind of thought was out there, and we all feel like there's something bigger. We're not sure what it is, but... You know, even, I would say even an atheist, if you press them, they would acknowledge like, yeah, sometimes things happen that, that I can't explain and that, you know, something feels... I guarantee you an atheist is out there at some point in time, <gasps> waved his hand in front of a, a one of the sliding oh. doors. <laughs> yeah. I I admit it, I do it every time. If there, if there are automatic doors and I'm walking towards it, I'm a Jedi Master for the next, you know, four seconds as I walk up to that door. I used to trick my niece and nephew. We'd pull up to the red light, and then I'd wait till I could see the cross traffic turn yellow, you know, and then mm-hmm. I'd wait five seconds, and I'd wave at the light, and it'd turn green. They all thought I was a Jedi. <laughs> it was amazing. That is a Jedi with the crappiest power ever. Hey! <laughs> or, or or the most selfish use of that power. <laughs> I was going to say useful. Come on. <laughs> turn to the, I've turned to the dark side. I've, You're never getting a green I've arrow. You're to, never getting a green arrow. <laughs> To the green side of the force. Um, so, okay, now at the very beginning we did talk about, hey, guess what? They they announced the Episode 7 cast, or at least the core cast. Um, so we know that uh, that the big three are back. Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, yeah. Harrison Ford. How do we feel about this? I'm not sure how I feel about it. And not that they're back at all, but I, I am... Uh, I'm a little bit... I, I wonder how much of a role they're going to play. Like how much is the movie going to revolve around these three people? It makes me a little nervous. You know, and I've heard, I've heard two different things and I'm sure you guys have too. And and many of our listeners that follow this particular franchise have probably heard it as well. Um, that there have been, there have been two kinds of story ideas played out. One of them that they are, 
uh, going to have expanded cameos, but that the story is going to focus around the younger characters. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be a chance for them to have kind of a, 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 a screen or a, a final farewell, a final uh, um, a curtain call, curtain passing call. of Thank the torch. You. Yeah. Um, which which may or may not. I mean, there's lots of ways they can do that. They could do that with with uh, speaking holograms, with communicating holograms, with with holocrons in a Jedi temple. They can do that with lots and lots and lots of different ways. Oh, thank you for knowing what a holocron is. Um, oh, that's hey, the best. There's a reason I was called to this. This panel, is the right? this, this 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 is where I belong right now. This room. Um, but then the other side of it is that they've they've talked about the idea that they will play a very integral role in setting up the conflicts that plague a budding galactic democracy um, and that they will be very much featured as finishing off some of the pieces that happened after they defeated the Death Star. Now, between you and, you know, between you and me and whoever happens to be listening, um, that one scares me a lot because it's Han late. Solo's not the rogue that he was 30, 40 years ago when all of this ended. Mm-hmm. Um, He's an aging hipster. Luke Skywalker and Carrie Fisher both are wonderful. They've had some wonderful... And, and as uh, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher have had some wonderful careers, but their careers have not been on screen. Um, right, Mark Hamill's like the greatest voiceover actor oh, ever. Oh, one of the most phenomenal and, and so versatile. And the fact that he's uh, been the Joker in every incarnation of Batman... Um, of of those animated Batmans is it's like when he dies, the Joker dies forever. Yeah, they're gonna have to find somebody. I'm gonna be auditioning for the role later. Um, but uh, Harrison Ford is really the only one that's ha- continued to have screen time, mm-hmm. and even Harrison Ford's screen time roles have dim- have diminished in their level of physicality, which was something that typified those movies. They were mm-hmm. very physical movies. And so I I wonder about that piece for the two for the for the for the core cast what that's going to mean. Well, I think that I, I find it interesting that you bring that up. The first thing that one of the things we know is that they've set this. I believe it was thirty years. We we know it's set thirty years after. So I'm hoping that they already toned that down, realizing Han Solo is not going to be running things, and so they will be forced to play more of the diplomatic mm-hmm. role if they do decide to follow the story of like these the younger generation is their children. You know, then we've got a whole different. Uh, story arc here. Um, Mark Hamill, actually, I'm going to throw something. Mark Hamill had another, he actually did a tele, uh, an appearance in a television series um, live on screen. He played the jokester in the Flash TV series. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I went back and watched, it was, uh, I was reading some stuff about the new Flash TV series that they're doing, and I went back and watched a couple of the old ones, and I watched the episode with Mark Hamill, and it is so hilarious. <laughs> I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that man's work. So I'm not too concerned about them in terms of ability on screen or whatever, mm-hmm. and I don't think the writing will be... It's not screen ability. It's story context. Yeah. That is that is the big question mark for me about how they're going to, to run that. And how well, now, that now that now that the screenplay is out of the hands of George Lucas, I I <laughs> have no reason. Entirely. I have no reason to think that they're not. Uh, you know, that Disney's not going to be uh, workshopping this to death. That there know? will be dialogue. <laughs> there, might, it's not that there wasn't dialogue in the prequels. It's no, there just wasn't dialogue. That, <laughs> <laughs> well, were, there were are... disinterested monologues that were delivered simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I, so I, I, I have full faith that uh, their writers will do a fantastic job coming up with a, a wonderful, cohesive story. But something that that also came out this week, along with the uh, the actors list, is the announcement that Star Wars is uh, jettisoning 
the expanded universe. Yes. I am incensed. I, I now and I, I I must say there there is time for me to come around on this and I will allow room in my heart for this decision to uh you know grow into a poisonous flower. But but right now I'm so mad because Star the Star Wars films like I said this this is what I grew up on these films I I knew every line I knew every story I knew everything about them and that at a certain age nine or ten years old whatever it was I started reading Timothy Zahn or Michael Stackpole mm-hmm. and just you know taking in this expanded universe and diving in and and now suddenly some committee in California says uh yeah no that doesn't count okay now here's the and and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a hopeful devil's advocate role on this um because you remember when jj abrams was filming the second star trek in this current incarnation Mm -hmm. um and everybody was rumoring that it was going to be con that that benedict cumberbatch was going to be playing con and even when they released uh when they released his name as the as the villain that he was going to be playing it wasn't con it wasn't con noonian singh uh it was i can't even remember the name that they were using um which is really going to incense all of my great friends that are star trek the unimportant yeah the the unimportant alias because we all read through it so quickly um but they they held with that story right up until the release of the film and so i wonder because in the 30 years, if if you are okay, here here we go. One more nerd alert, okay? Um, if you one are more? one more, really, the next. How about the next? <laughs> okay, here we go. If you're if you've been reading the expanded universe, you know that somewhere between 20 and 40 years out from the creation of the Galactic Republic, which was where they're going to mm-hmm. try and be, was where the Yuuzhan Vong invasion occurs, and the New Jedi Order is established, and there's a plethora i hate using that word but i'm going to use it um a, a plethora of materials that they could have pulled from and to you know that to to make it fair there's a lot of things that they could go into and they could say hey maybe we will work with some of these pieces um because they don't feature heavily um the the original folks but they do feature them as supporting roles within some of these other forces. Um, so, you know, there's there's a possibility that they could turn around because J.J. Abrams has done it once before, lied to all of our faces, smiling through his teeth, and then gave us what we said we were going to get anyway. What we wanted all along. And so there's a possibility that the expanded universe, while all of the materials may be uh, not available for movie adaptation and those kinds of things. We they may still use kernels of that. Well, to right, build that's that. that's what they're talking about. Oh, the only thing that they said, as far as you know, what made me really mad was that, uh, like you said, they're going to grab little kernels of it. They said, but as far as what we're going to be held to in continuity, we can change any continuity. Exactly, we, want. we you know, like Mara Jade doesn't have to exist, or which, she, which you know, really makes me mad. Or she could be, uh, you know, she could be. Uh, what's the name of the little crumb guy that sits by Jabba the Hutt? Like you know, Salacious, Salacious, crumb. Salacious crumb. She could be the same species as that. You know, we can do whatever we want with all this stuff. Yeah, and you know, it kind of makes me uncomfortable because of I, I've just speaking just about the Timothy Zahn series. I. I hold that in almost as high regard as I do the original films. They were well written. So, it, you know, just as far as their their impact on me. And again, I, I, I'm speaking the hopeful devil's advocate that they're using that as a big smokescreen to make us all very uncomfortable about where things are going to go. And maybe we're going to see that it all goes in the direction we think. And I'm I'm a little bit more on Todd's side there with the idea that 
the expanded universe. When I first read that they've uh, that they've nuked their expanded universe, I was I was angry at first because uh, to most of us as fans, that's like saying everything that you know, all that information you have stored in your head, everything you did doesn't mean a thing. All that time you spent, none of it's real. It doesn't matter to you, and that that hurts. Having said that, J.J. Abrams jettisoned the entire Star Trek canon with the reboot. But I, I but that's the thing is it's a reboot. Mm-hmm. It's not a sequel. And, and, Do you see and there's I mean? our hope. There's so, our hope. You know, he can, our new I, hope. I kind of, <laughs> uh, zing. I, I feel like J.J. Abrams can do that and he can have his own little Star Trek universe off to the side. But it's not, that's not Star Trek. It's J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. You know, it's like, uh, what's that, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera. It's not the Phantom of the Opera. You know what I mean? So, uh, but this is... This is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This is a sequel. This is not an alternate Star Wars universe. Right. This is yeah. the right. Star, Star Wars universe. But Although do, it could become that. I do think, like like Todd was saying, you know, it could be a smokescreen. I also think that it could be, they're just, sim- when they said in their little press release statement that uh, we wanted to give our filmmakers the free reign that they needed to be able to create freely, that matters quite a bit. Um, it does. Because, you know, if we say... Part of the problem is if we say, the, all right, the expanded universe exists and we're going to pick X, Y, and Z as, you know, the Timothy Zahn series is okay. We'll hold on to that one. Mm-hmm. And we'll hold on to the, the Knights of the Old Republic series. And, and half of the X-Wing novels. And... Yeah, we'll hold on to these. And then, but, but these other ones don't matter. It becomes a very difficult thing to say, to go through. Well, was that in the canon? Was that not in the canon? You have to go back. Um, yeah. it, is, it is much easier. As long as my biggest beef here and the, the thing that I want to make sure that they don't do is do not remove it from availability. If you go through and try and cut out, like, you know, we're not going to print any more Timothy Zahn. We're not going to go print any more. Oh, Timothy yeah. Books. Well, no, they're, and they're luckily, still releasing it under the Legends banner. Yep, they're going to re, they're going to yeah. reband it, so. re-merchandise it, as it, which will cause new publication to occur, which will cause more people Drive to go out interest. and yeah. they'll want to buy up the new, the new printings, even though there's not going to be anything different, just because they want to have them in their collection. So what I'd like with the, the expanded geek. universe, you know, all these different books, uh, is... It, okay, so just this week I watched um, The Hunt for Gollum. Okay, <laughs> have you guys seen this? No, but I've heard about it. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's you know like Oscar worthy or anything, but it's really good. Sure, it's a really good fan film. It's like 40 minutes long, and it's all about the story of when Aragorn was hunting Gollum on Gandalf's orders. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, so it's just it's a fan film. They made it for like five thousand bucks, and uh, and it's a lot of fun to watch. You can tell they're having a blast making this. I would want stuff like that for Star Wars. Not necessarily, you know, super cheap fan films, but just the little one-off adventures that are in between the stories. You can do that with the expanded universe. So I'm thinking of things like Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, it was yes. a it was a book and it was a game, but it, you know, in its own right, it's a great little story that happens between Empire and Jedi. And how fun would it be if somebody said, you know what, I'm going to mine that material course they can't now because disney holds it all well and, and, the, and the, they're not gonna let go of it. no they won't but so. but you, you know you bring up uh you bring up this idea of one shots um disney and marvel have done a wonderful job of their one shots within the marvel universe which has allowed them to flesh out different characters mm-hmm. um in that environment and so i see i i see disney being very aware that that was a smart strategy and leaving that open as something that they can allow the Lucasfilm division to do just as easily yeah. and just as completely. And and those films, I mean, let's be honest, um, th- those, those one-shots 
are part of what drove the creation of the television series Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because of the the cult following that Phil Coulson as a character got mm-hmm. from the one shot, a funny thing happened on the way to New Mexico, or on the way to Thor's Hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney is, as as we're all aware, and maybe, maybe many of the listeners aren't aware, um, there's a TV series that is slated for release, I think this fall called rebels oh yes yeah yeah um and uh, again disney knows what they they know how to make a franchise work um it wouldn't surprise me if we're going to start seeing one shots short pieces that are going to fill in gaps and create spurs that allow them to build off of that kind of environment yeah i hope so yeah. I was reading up on Rebels. I think it's it's got a lot of promise. I really like what they what they're doing. I like I, I, the one thing that I've really liked um, that I saw earlier was the the discussion of the technology mm-hmm. that they're going to try and make sure that the technology that they use in Rebels, as far as ship construction, as far as weapons construction, as far as universe, as far as the context, is going to bridge the the A New Hope and what was going on at the end of. Uh, Revenge, Revenge of the, of the Sith. Sith. Yeah, they're returning the lightsabers to have a point again. Nice. Yeah, they look. Yeah, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things they're doing. I'm I'm I I looked at that and uh, I just finished the Clone Wars series uh, a little while ago and it's seeing the little things that they're doing now on the side there makes me excited for the the expanded universe that's to come because as long as I have access to my expanded universe that I grew up with, I'm okay if that's not the canon. Because there's a lot of things that I've read or done, uh, read or seen, and other things that are not canon. Um, I can just enjoy them and just realize that when I go and see the movie, that doesn't matter. Um, if they hold to some of those things, there were some decisions made in the expanded universe before that absolutely infuriated me. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Did we talk about the deaths of major characters? Killing Chewbacca. I wasn't going to say it, but now that you brought it up, yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say spoiler alert, but really, I'm saving you a really big. I stopped reading the book after that happened. I, I, like, I read a little further. Like, he's got to come back. There's some way he got oh, off. I cried. I was for like, days. I admit, I cried for days. You didn't cry. You how? Have you? Have I did? <laughs> have you read the Craig? Have you read the the Yuzan Vong series? Uh, no, I haven't yet. Okay. So, admittedly, if I'm if Chewbacca's <laughs> got to go out, if Chewbacca's got to go out, he goes out well. He goes out well. He has a hero's death. Yeah, he gets smashed by Screw a moon. Screw hero's deaths. He gets smashed by a moon. Saving. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> s- saving. Uh, was it Jason, Jason Solo? Solo? Saving Han's saving? kid, chucks him into the ship, stands there, roars at the moon, and, and it crashes into the planet and kills him. <laughs> nice. And it sets up a, you know, I mean, again, it's it's... It's expanded universe series. It's going to be we're we're going to see it as non canonical. Um, they they don't have to they don't have to adhere to any of those pieces, any of those decisions that are made. But there's some great material out there that you know that Star Wars has been has been rife with for generations. So yeah, one of the things I've loved about the expanded universe is take the X Wing series. It went on a little too long. It's not like every book was the greatest book ever written, but they were a lot of fun. <laughs> Uh, and one thing that they did was you take a character like Wedge Antilles uh, and and you give him a whole freaking series of books. And he's he has maybe a dozen lines in all three movies, tops, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but what it does is it lets me go back and watch the movies. And, and when I'm watching him, it really has him fleshed out in my mind. I've got this whole backstory. I really like there's that. There's a reason that Wedge so, exists. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and there's a reason he's there at all, you know, in all these battles. 
And so I, I'm a little bit, like I said, I'm a little bitter about jettisoning the EU because, which really sounds like European Union. Uh, but the, <laughs> no, it sounds geek alert. Um, <laughs> I, I'm really, alert. I'm sad about it because uh, it just seems like it would be such a, a fun area where uh, you take Mara Jade, for instance. Let's say that they just threw her in as kind of a minor character. She had a few lines, at least. You know, as long as they weren't too cheesy about it, at least I'd have that opportunity to say, okay, I know who that is. You know, I don't have to know her whole backstory to enjoy this movie or to know what's going on. But, you know, I, I, I have that knowledge of the... the uh... Well, and we, we talk about the expanded universe. Um, there's a piece of the expanded universe that an awful lot of folks don't recognize even exists. And that's all of the Marvel comic book series mm-hmm. that was made in the, in the 80s. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, as one who owns nearly every issue of the Star Wars comic series, there are characters that were introduced in that comic series that have made their way into the expanded universe. Mm. Shira Bree is, or Shira Bree, depending on who you're talking to and whether or not we're north or south of the equator, um, is, is a character who was introduced as a comic character and a love interest for Luke Skywalker, who in the expanded universe in one of the novels shows up later as this absolutely badass villain who's angry at Luke because he spurned her and actually almost killed her. Um, nice. So, I mean, it, when, you know, it's, we've also got the Dark Horse, um, all Comics, of the Dark Horse yeah. run of comic books that also feed into all of those things. So there's a lot of places for, and, and, I, and I have the feeling that there'll be a lot of moments, a lot of Easter eggs, so to speak, um, that are going to show up in these new movies that are going to be nods for people who know what they're looking for. And I, I just hope that if they do that, like I said, I, I kind of want them to do that. I wish that that were there, but if they do it, please, for heaven's sake, do it well. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know if either of you are fans, but I'm a huge Veronica Mars fan. Yeah, I yeah, love, yeah. I love Veronica Mars and everything about it, and then the movie came out. And the movie was fun. I enjoyed myself. I'm not sorry that it was made or that it was you know that I saw it. But there were too many cheesy little nods to the fans, you know. Yeah, that... and, and I'm hoping that they'll handle it the same way that they handle nods to Firefly in Castle. Or, I don't know if you've ever or, watched... Um, or there's, uh, they do a little nod to uh, the Mighty Ducks in Fringe. Yes. Uh, which was, yeah. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. Little, yeah. little homages, little nods that are going to make a lot of sense to those of us who know. And for those who don't know, they'll go, oh, that was cute. Yeah. There you go. Leave it for me to find. Don't beat me over the head with it. That's generally the way I feel about things like that. <laughs> Leave it there for me to find. Don't beat me over the head with yes, it. Yes, yes. Um, so do either of you have a favorite Expanded Universe uh, story? I mean, obviously, mine is Timothy Zahn. I can't shut up about Ooh. it. That's tough. Yeah, it is. Um, are you talking book series or just anything in the Expanded uh, it could Universe? Be, yeah, it could be anything in the Expanded Universe. I also really liked the uh, Jedi Academy series. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't read it since I was a teenager. But uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it at I, that time. I remember I, I started reading the New Jedi Order, and I, I liked that. I read, um, oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, there's actually a storyline that is not post-originals. Post it's actually pre. Um, it's the story that's in the Knights of the Old Republic series. Mm-hmm. If you've, it's, It is a very different type of game to play, but it's a lot of fun. But it creates this whole different... Uh, understanding of the jedi and the sith mm, yeah and i absolutely love that expanded universe story and uh anything that gives me a little bit of the history of where the sith came from and the jedis uh their original i there's this whole thing i i remember reading and learning a lot of things about the jedi as 
I was as I was growing up and eating up everything I could. But the idea of Jedi's wearing backpacks to power their lightsabers, things like that, <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff like that, where you you get those in that story. I enjoyed that. I, so I really like the uh, Knights, Knights of, of the, the Old, Old Republic. Republic. All right, that's a great uh, story arc, and you can get the you can still get the game and play it. It's it's fun. Um, I think I, I think for me, um, I, I I read a lot of the expanded universe. Um, and as and as far as particular series, uh, book series, trilogies, or anything like that, because they all seem to be trilogies it for seems a while. That well, thank you, Tolkien. Um, yeah. um, but I think um, as far as a story arc, and it actually went over, um, I th- and and wove its way through several of the trilogies. Um, it's the uh, the redemption of Mara Jade, um, oh, and the yeah. relationship that Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade develop after, um, and and it and it takes, I mean, multiple encounters and and multiple fringe engagements between these two individuals and and watching the the process where they go from being hated enemies to reluctant allies reluctant allies to passionate married couple passionate lovers um it's a it's a fun it and 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 because of the way it was written um all of the authors that touched that series got a sense of where they were in the process and each one of them was very careful very thoughtful and very uh, deliberate yes yes in the way that they were treating that yeah. relationship and it was great I, I, I loved whenever I would see Mara Jade pop and I was like <laughs> is it going to happen let's see where it goes it's, a, it's like watching it your favorite it's like watching your favorite TV series and yeah. the will they won't they you yeah. know the Ross and the Rachel the whatever else Peter and Olivia it, it, it was the books version of Han and Leia there you go. Because you waited for Han and Leia, but we had only the three movies, and we get them together at the end, and we all know that they married. Um, whether you read the expanded universe or not, you knew that they were. You knew that right. they were a couple. They were hooked, and they were going to make little beautiful children, uh, little beautiful babies. Um, but with but with Luke Skywalker, you kind of always felt bad for him because you know we kissed his sister, and how do you recover from that? You kill your dad. I mean, come on, this is a bad <laughs> deal. This guy, bless his heart. He's got emotional baggage, and uh, Mara Jade is a healing influence in that. And oh, that's right, she was assigned to assassinate him. Um, I mean, Love talk it. about wonderful, wonderful, real fun stuff to read. It yeah. was, it was great. I agree. Um, For about a decade, it was great. My, I, I really like Ryan. You were talking about a video game. Um, you and I grew up on uh, what was the name? Bounty Hunter. Bounty oh, yeah. uh, on, uh, I've got it right there. PS2, sitting right yeah, we're there. sitting there looking at it. Um, yeah, just it's so much fun to take those little things. And, and uh, this is what uh, – so George Lucas is experiencing in his lifetime what Tolkien wished would have happened for his stuff. I mean, it's happening now. but uh, And that's that he lays out this mythology and then people go and fill in the holes. So, you know, whether it's video games or these extra books or, you know, you have John Williams creating you know, these scores for the movies. And you know, oh, there's all these yeah. different ways to to experience it. YouTube videos, for heaven's sake. We just watched uh, what the, the Kiss a Wookiee video. Moose Butter. Moose, Moose Butter. Butter. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it, I love that there's room for all this stuff. And I hope that uh, that Disney doesn't kill it or, you know, uh, somehow somehow bastardize it. I have total faith. Um, having been, and, and, and again, this, this touches on Disney's, um, magic. They are really good about letting the pieces that they have purchased be themselves. Mm. Um, having gone to Disney, Disneyland, uh, and Disney world, 
um, and seen what they've done with the merchandising that they do for Star Tours, the merchandising that they've done for the Star Wars pieces that they had before they even bought the franchise. Um, the Jedi Academy. I mean, kids stood in line, <laughs> and one of them cried because he was not selected for the Jedi Academy, and the other two were. Um, I mean, Disney's Disney's really good at protecting their franchises and recognizing that Mickey Mouse isn't the only franchise that has to exist. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of curious uh, since you asked us favorite uh, expanded universe story. Is there a character, and I'm guessing Todd, I would guess Mara Jade, just based on what you're saying, but is there a character from the Expanded Universe that is not in the original series or in the prequels or anything, an Expanded Universe character who you've come to love, and just that's the, they're one of your uh, favorite yeah, characters? Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I, it would be one of two. Either Prince Prince Shizor from Shadows, yes. of, the Shadows of the Empire, because he's, he's like this uh, really really smart but spoiled rich kid yeah you know either him or grand admiral thrawn who uh who has this uh i mean obviously it's a fictional ability but the ability to look at a culture's artwork and thus know what they're going to do in battle before they do it you know yeah these these two characters would probably be the ones that i'd want to see on screen the most Mm mm-hmm uh, yeah, I like those. Plus the blue skin. I the mean, blue skin's awesome. got to be cool, yeah. yeah. Um, f- for me, I- I'm kind of the same. Mara Jade, if-, if I went male and female, I would say Mara Jade is, is one that I want to see. But the male I would want to see is Kip Duron. Ooh, good yes, one. You yes. took him. Dang it. Man, oh, that's sorry. a good one. Great think alike. Yes. Yeah, he was... Uh, be- because he... He gets to follow a really interesting arc. It's very much the same as Luke Skywalker's arc in that he has to come to grips with the fact that he knows things, he understands things, he has abilities that he has to deal with, and he's got no compass necessarily mm-hmm. about him that fits what he feels is right. And he has to create his own moral compass from that. Doesn't do so well with the Jedi Academy stuff. Uh, works with Wedge's X-Wing group. Sometimes that works for him, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a really fascinating, he, he could be a really fascinating character to explore in the movies. Yeah, and that's uh, I was. Those are the two actually. Mara Jade has always been one of my favorite female characters. Period. And uh, Kip Duron, or if I can't have him, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to the games because I, I spent so much time immersed. I love being immersed in the in in the uh, Star Wars series via their, their games. Uh, Kyle Katarn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's that's like if Han Solo had force powers, he would be. That would be Kyle. Yeah, Katarn. he would be Kyle Katarn. So. That's that's another character. I, like, I think he'd still be Han Solo. Well, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they give you a new name when you discover your powers. It it depends. You guys don't know anything about Star Wars. Nope, we're done. Do you do you think that Obi Wan was named Obi Wan by his mother? We'll name him Obi Wan. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> she had a, she had a whole bunch of kids: Obi Wan, Obi two, Obi three, Obi four. <laughs> oh, he was wow. terrible around the Kenobi I house. I can't even <laughs> laugh at that. That was so bad. <laughs> Uh, at least, you, down at least you have another Obi-Wan, Arliwan, Taliwan. Yeah, uh-huh. they're all just bad. <laughs> oh, I hate my life. <laughs> um, That's just because you're not wearing the t-shirt. I, stop reminding me. I'm taking my shirt off. No. Oh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I just feel like we could go on and on and on and on and on. Um, I want to go back to what we were talking about roughly a half hour ago, <laughs> and that's the uh, that's the cast it. list. Um, now, the first name that jumps out to any good uh, Lord of the Rings fan, such as myself, is Andy Serkis. 
what is he doing? I'd never heard of this until the cast list was released. Had mm-hmm. either of you? No. Or was this nope. this was a new thing? Because I know they'd surprise. been talking about Adam Driver and and uh, what's it Boyega or whatever his name is, but Andy Serkis. I wonder what he's going to do. And so help me. I hope they don't have him in some lycra bodysuit just doing voiceover and animation work because he is really talented and he's really good in front of the camera. And I want him to get the screen time he deserves. My my understanding, I, w- I was reading a little bit about this earlier. Um, the, uh, apparently, he probably is going to be in some screen capture suit. Um, but his um, his acting is what they're looking for, not just his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have the, f- I, at least what I was reading in that article, and, and again, it's lots of speculation at this point. They haven't even started principal photography yet. Um, they've been doing some second unit photography in, in different locations. Um, as, as I'm sure you guys know, and many of the listeners that are geeks will know, but, but, but the initial photography hasn't even started. So it's going to be really fun to see how they do this. Mm. But that again is an outgrowth of the technology. If George Lucas had had motion capture technology during the times that he was doing it, the cantina would have looked very different. And very unfortunate. Um, uh, or maybe if the if the technology had been good and it yeah. wasn't uh, CGI from Daredevil, but it was CGI from <laughs> this year's Spider Man, which I saw last night, by the way. Um, if that's why I'm a little bit tired and a little bit edgy. Um, <laughs> if the CGI is good, it can it can add. And so you know, we when we see this new incarnation, I think we're going to see a lot of CGI characters. Yeah. And and I think that we will see some of them that are very good. Can I tell you that that the CGI there was one thing that frightened the life out of me uh, when they when we finally got the official word that the the original trio was coming back. I'm like, do not in any under any, any circumstances or have even the slightest thought of pulling a Tron and oh like, no oh gosh no. Oh, <laughs> I was ick. like when they did that to ick, 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 ick. I was like no 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 just let them be old move the timeline whatever you need to do just do not try and pull that again yeah no that was ugly so uh let's see Max Van Sydow oh yes thank you so excited <laughs> so excited like a little girl um, yeah, go on with your bad self. I've I've watched um, I've been well I've been watching movies for a lot of years. I remember seeing Max von Sydow the first time that I could remember recognizing him as an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when I finally grew up enough that I was in a, uh, you know aware that actors played roles. Right. Um, I saw him in Conan the Barbarian. Yes. And then I started to watch for him in films, and in every film that he has been in, he has had the ability to be an actor playing a role. That you didn't immediately say, oh, it's Max von Sydow. You said, oh, I like that guy. Who is he again? Who is that? Oh, yeah, that's Max that's von that, S- That's that one guy. He, um, he was in Victory as a German officer putting together a soccer team. Um, that was the second time that I remembered seeing him. And it took me two viewings of the film to realize the connection. Uh, again, I was a younger person. I didn't know how to look for those kinds of things in the credits and all of those kinds of places. It took me a while, uh, but ever since then, I have watched for Max von Sydow. Anything that he does, I go out to. Uh, I go out of my way to try and see it. Yeah, I I remember. I think the first thing that I saw him in was the original Judge Dredd, yeah. which I saw. I think I saw it on TV when I was a little kid. So it wasn't yeah. quite so violent as maybe it was meant to be. As but, maybe I saw it as. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember remember him from all sorts of stuff. He was also. Did you uh, remember he was in the original um, Young Indiana Jones TV series? Oh yes, he was. So, yes. You know. So there are all these little uh, nerdy things that he pops up in. I mean, he's been in. 
Gosh, how many film credits does, credits does he have to his name? His his film career reads like a history of major films of the 20th century all the way up into the 21st. Oh, man. Um, yeah. He's much like much like Peter O'Toole uh, and uh, Richard Burton. Um, some of these actors who, who were in the right place at the right time doing the right kinds of films on a, on a hugely influential scale for, for, for forming the way that we see film actors and the way that we view film actors and film acting. Yeah. Um, what, a, what a wonderful person to add to that canon, I, at least I feel. Yeah. Ryan, do you, have a, do you have one that you're dying to see and you can't pick the girl because I know she's gorgeous? Well, I'm... I am actually I am pleased to this whole idea and this came out when they were cast when they were had the open casting which is I think that's an interesting move uh, they decided to do the open casting uh, call because most of the time that's not even an option now right. they've got they've got their list of people we want to see these people and then if you're lucky your agent can get you in uh, there um, but the fact that they were seeing a, a female lead that's supposedly kind of the, she's supposed to be the driving force in in this one um, Jana Solo yeah. That's I, I it, it, it's, so this is one of those things about jettisoning the EU that makes me say to myself, are they even going to call her Jaina? I, I don't know. You know, and, and is and it I'd going? Is so the person is the character didn't. going to be a combination of Jaina, Jason, and Anakin. Anakin Solo? Right. The the one child of the they have Solos. one. Yeah. That, so that would make me really sad. If... That creates a virgins in the force. <laughs> <laughs> Here, let me. I, I was just looking this up really quick. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was okay. Awful. Look it up. Keep going. Sorry, the, the, um, I was just as you guys were talking, I, I pulled this up here. Um, it's a little bit of information. The little bit that they've released about the current storyline, um, uh, they've confirmed that the story would focus on the building of the new republic after the fall of the empire. Um, That's a given. All three Skywalker, uh, Skywalker, Princess Leia, Solo would appear, and that the children of Luke, Leia, and Han would serve as the main characters of the story. Children of Luke. Luke. Leia and Han, which seems to indicate that they have to have Mara Jade, but or a Mara Jade esque figure. Yes. yes. So we need. So that means I'm hoping we get a Mara Jade in there, and that means we have the children there. And I can tell you, probably the biggest slap in the face I think they could give to the fans is to say we've jettisoned the expanded universe, but we're going to keep the kids and rename them or do them differently, like you were just saying. I, I would. I would. Uh, I would if leave. you're keeping their kids, it's Jason Solo, Jaina Solo, Anakin Solo, and Ben Skywalker. Yeah. There you go. It has to be. Um, so say we all and so if, if <laughs> the legendarium on, hath spoken based on that information i'm curious as to who uh, had john boyega um what do you mean who had him oh, <laughs> oh right <laughs> who exactly did luke marry uh um but so or is he going to be one of the uh apprentices that is he going to be luke's padawan that uh turns to the dark side yeah I'm just Someone's got that to. Out Someone's got to. Speaking of which, can I just take a quick detour and just say, at at 13 years old, when uh, 12, 13, when Star Wars Episode One came out with the prophecy, he will be the one who brings balance to the Force. And I'm like screaming at the screen as a 13 year old, going, "That means he's gonna kill you all!" <laughs> like, are you morons? <laughs> How, uh, whatever. How else could it bring balance to the Force? Exactly. If you watch the Clone Wars series, they explain all that. So. No, they don't. <laughs> um, so you are awful. Speaking of the bad guys, um, Adam Driver is supposed to be the, He's the major villain be, yes. uh, in, in the series. Now... I've he run doesn't into, look like Grand Admiral Thrawn. No, he doesn't. Uh, he doesn't look like anybody except for, you know, every guy that I've ever wanted 
to punch just by looking at him. <laughs> he looks like a moron. No, and that's probably a good thing for a bad guy. The only thing I've ever seen him in was uh, my wife's watched uh, the first two seasons of Girls. Oh, yeah, I keep hearing it? girls, 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 girls. Oi. Um, now, listen, I'm not going to say it's, you know, terrible or whatever because I haven't really watched it all the way through. But I've seen enough to know that it is not my speed. And, and I just hate him. When I look at him on screen, I just, oh, I just want to slap him around. Another good thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily excited that he's there, but I'm very interested to see what they do with him. Yeah, I've, that's until we get more information about the story and, and kind of the direction they're going, or, you know, who the villains are, things like that. It's Which, tough to say because he's not going to, we don't have a seasoned deep dark force user available to us i mean maybe mox uh, max von Sido can will be that or something but we've got the emperor the emperor is gone Ooh, emperor's clones emperor's clones uh it's possible um and i think that they're and, and quite frankly i think we've seen as much teaser information about the script as we're going to see until we get to the point where they're releasing trailers yeah november 2015 the oh, I guarantee start. you the first trailer is going to just... Oh, it's going to come out this Christmas, I guarantee it. It'll be just something so simple, and so it, it'll just drive us all nuts. And it'll be it'll be primarily B-roll footage and facial shots. Yeah. And, pro- and, and possibly some space battle stuff thrown in there with a little bit of recirculated John Williams uh, soundtrack that sounds generically Star Wars and that we'll get away with it, and that's probably all we're going to see until we get to... Fall. Probably, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe even later. Yeah, because they uh, maybe Disney, even Disney of... with Marvel, they've been very uh, uh, close with their trailers yes. right up until the bitter end. They they the last ninety days, the ninety mm-hmm. to one hundred and twenty days. Um, that this, seems to be where they release those trailers. I just want to point out this makes my voice sound <laughs> excellent. Speaking into a root beer bottle at the same time. I found I found their new sound effect. I, no, this is like Darth. Uh, no, not Darth Sidious. Uh, this is uh, oh, what's his name? The the half droid, half uh, episode. Grievous. Grievous. There we go. He's more than half droid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've replaced your entire body with mechanics, but they left you your craptacular lungs. Enjoy. Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, now we know how they did the voice. Uh, wow, did I just lose my train of thought? Just a little bit. We do have a... They did announce the actual official release date, didn't they? Um, yes. Dis- December, Dis- December 18th? 15th, 18th. Which I find interesting. Because it's not a May release? Because it's not a May release. Mm-hmm. It does not... If if there was anything in me that... Or in this process that said, um, we are creating a new canon and get with it, it was that. Because all of the other releases have been geared around that may time frame early summer now and and let's go back heaven forbid i ever give george lucas too much credit oscars let's let's go back to well there's the oscar bids um sorry go on they'll get included with that too even with a even with a december release they'll be in time that's my point um but let's look at what george was always doing george was always about the franchise about the marketing and the merchandising and how do you make sure you get your toys into the store and have a built-in demand for them by Christmas. Mm. You release the film at the beginning of the summer. Everybody demands the toys so that by September they're starting to sell. And your peak for whatever you're going to release that year comes out at Christmas. I, I don't know whether George Lucas was thinking about it in terms of that aspect of the of the marketing and the franchising. But that has 
paid huge dividends to the Star Wars universe. But nowadays, forever. nowadays it's not about Christmas though, and it's not even about Halloween. It people are dressing up all the time. Cosplay is a huge. It, that word didn't even exist ten years ago. It didn't. And now there's Comic Cons all over the place. Here in Salt Lake, we have not just Comic Con, but we have Comic Con and Fanex. Which and trying to have, explain to non nerds was a real pain, <laughs> right? <laughs> and we have Fantasy Con, and we, you know the list goes on. So there's all these opportunities to. You know, whether it's the costumes, that's one thing. But, you know, when it comes to toys and I have and merchandising. one other reason why I think their timing choice is the way it is. Disney owns Lucasfilm now. Disney owns Marvel. What comes out summer 2015? Oh, that's correct. Summer of 2015 is the new Avengers Avengers. Film. Mm. Avengers 2. Yeah, they can't compete. So if you throw your two biggest things to compete against each other, right. Star Wars and Avengers at the same time, I mean... Sure, you're still going to rake in the big bucks, but why not go? We've why already announced an Avengers. That's, that's smart. And then we'll do, at the other big movie time, Christmas, we'll do Star Wars yeah. then. And then that way, our fans, Disney's fans, will get Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Star Wars, Marvel, Star Wars, just like which, that. It, which, in fairness, is how Disney is presenting the franchise, both franchises, that both of them have about 10 films slated for production over the next 10 years mm-hmm. each franchise yeah. so yeah I, I think that's a that's a very intelligent just, marketing you know, and that's that's fine with me just as long as i never see iron man come cruising past the millennium falcon <laughs> you know what i mean that would just uh that would really take me right out of the film mm-hmm. it'd be an easter egg in a one shot <laughs> he's like he's, he floats away like all the rest of the space garbage <laughs> Um, well, all right. I, I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. We've, we've gone almost an hour so far, and we have yet to even touch the original films like... I know. We've been talking Expanded Universe. This is the beauty of Star Wars, let's, one of the beautiful things. Let's do, let's do this. Let's cut it off here. Um, end of podcast number one. I, and if you guys are game for it, let's keep going. Let's talk about the original trilogy and the prequels, uh, our, our uh, loves and our gripes. Uh, in in, uh, podcast number two I'm in okay uh, okay. take a swig of root beer here we go hey guys thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe to The Legendarium on iTunes Uh, check us out at thelegendarium.podbean.com and also write us at thelegendariumpodcast at gmail.com